Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, thank you for this uh, warning going forth, Lord, uh, that your people will know and understand and be at peace when they see these things coming. We thank you for doing it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I think we're going to continue with uh, man-child coming with nuclear war number four. I think it's going to be a war and at least a nuclear exchange, maybe not a nuclear war. We'll see. Anyway, I'm going to start out with this uh, revelation given to uh, Mina Lee Jones, which is um, pretty well fits with what we've been saying here. She called it, Warn them, war is coming to your shores. Amen. She said, Hi, saints, I'm coming to you with a dire warning to the body of Christ, uh, to the church, especially the Western church here in the U.S. I'm going to share with you um, a dream and a scripture along with some things that were given to me in a dream. And I'm also going to talk to you about uh, another warning that has been given to me regarding our children. So I'm going to start off with a disclosure or a disclaimer in regard to what I'm about to share with you. I know that we as Christians have our cliques, our sects of people, and that we like to listen to. We have our biased opinions about different people who are believers or spiritual Christians or even leadership. We need to understand that God can use and will use anyone. Uh, Well, uh, he should be using them according to the scriptures. Uh, Sometimes that doesn't happen, but it doesn't necessarily negate the word. I remember Caiaphas giving a very perfect word, but then he tweaked the meaning of it and um, made it a good thing to kill Jesus, right? So he can get a good prophecy Uh, from people it doesn't mean that everything's lined up there so with that being said please listen to what i have to tell you she said and whatever you have as far as an opinion about mina lee jones or faithful walk ministries healing ministries i need you to put that aside at this moment and hear this warning i want to remind everyone that god uses whoever he chooses to use God can speak through uh, whomever he wants and whomever he chooses to execute his will. Yeah, he can even speak through a donkey, can't he? Mm-hmm. And I uh, ask you all to consider everything that you hear today. Take it to prayer and share it with as many people as you can. This particular night, I had great trouble sleeping. I felt like I was under a spiritual attack 
and it was between the third and the fourth watch. So I got up uh, after tossing and turning and feeling this battle in my spirit, I decided to go into prayer. And I went into spiritual warfare and began to rebuke the devil and the binding and binding any strongholds and breaking any curses or psychic prayers. As you all know, uh, we are in the month of October, and it is a month of great darkness. And then we've gone into a new shift of darkness, too, as we've entered into a new season post-tabernacles. I fell asleep and went into a deep dream, and in this dream I found myself in a facility. It was a church, but it wasn't a typical church, as in brick and mortar, uh, with steeples and stained glass windows, but more like a wide facility that had been rented or purchased and turned into a sanctuary. And there were many, many people there, all backgrounds, races, ages, And I was approached by a pastor in this dream that was gone home to be with the Lord in reality. Well, she states that it's not the kind of churches that a lot of the old denominations have settled in, uh, steeples and stained glass and all that stuff. So it sounds to me like this is more of a modern-day people uh, a little bit closer to the Lord. That's how I would read that. He came up to me with a warm smile, and uh, though he was anticipating me, I knew in the dream that I had to give the people a warning, and this pastor also knew that I was coming to give a, a word and to warn the people. So we began trying to gather the people into the sanctuary to get them to come. And I had what I needed to share with them uh, written on several pieces of post-it notes, that were in my hand. So I waited as I saw the people began to slowly gather in into this one particular section of the building that seemed to be what you would deem a sanctuary. I remember seeing uh, this woman come in who in the dream I knew, but in reality I have no idea who she is. She was a very tall woman, middle-aged, and she was dressed in all white. She had on this simple white dress, and her hair was like uh, platinum white slash silver, and she was older in in the face. Well, this kind of reminds me of the woman church described uh, in the Shepherd of Hermas. Um, She came over to me, and she was uh, talking to me in the dream, and she was saying that it was very good to see me again. But she spoke of another lady who was supposed to be with her, yet this woman did not come with her, and her name was Bonnie. So in reality, I do not know anyone named Bonnie, but in the dream I knew who she was talking about, And I was sorry to hear that Bonnie had not come to hear, because we both agreed that she was supposed to be there. Well, Bonnie means pretty, um, and I would say that pretty is is second to beautiful. (laughs) In other words, not quite the bride, right? 
And she uh, represents a corporate body of God's elect who are not in the first fruits, but will come into sanctification later, as in Psalm chapter 8. And uh, Mina said, I noticed that the people were just slowly trickling in, and yet they were not filling up the sanctuary. There were many people who were missing. There were a lot more people in the building uh, than those who were coming into the sanctuary to hear me speak. I was a little distraught at this, and I talked to the pastor and said, where are the rest of the people? And he couldn't seem to give me a straight answer, and we couldn't seem to get the rest of the people to come. So there was just a small group of people, in other words, a small group of people to hear this warning message, right? And I decided to just speak to that group. The pastor said, perhaps you can speak to this group, and the first fruits, and then afterwards we can get you to go to the other side of the building <laughs> and speak to the rest of them. That's probably the people on the left, right? And so I agreed to that, so I began speaking, and I began talking from the notes that I had in my hands, which was on these little post-it notes, and I began telling the people this warning. The warning was that we were not prepared. The church had fallen asleep spiritually, and that they had become complacent, and that we believed that nothing terrible was coming to our country until the rapture happened. Well, this is uh, this is pretty neat. I tell you, um, uh, false pre-trib rapture doctrines are obviously spoken against here. And Mina was one uh, of this persuasion, but her dreams are bringing her around, I believe, to understand that, oh, yes, bad things are going to happen uh, but long before the rapture, right? So, continuing, we had uh, been teaching that the times were ahead and that there would be a shift that was coming, and these were lies. So, yes, the, the New Age alternative media false narrative that the white hats were going to be our saviors and issue in a thousand years of peace and prosperity is ridiculous. Okay, uh, I began telling the people that there was war coming to our coastlands and that they had already prepared to bomb us and that we were not ready or prepared and that we needed to begin to prepare. Well, some people's pre preparations are really not preparations, you know, but we know what spiritual preparation is. It's to abide in Christ, the secret place of the Most High, right? And I was desperate in my speech and my voice to the people, telling them that we needed to make sure that we were prepared to meet our Maker, and that we needed to make sure that we were praying, fasting, and listening, and that we needed to make sure that we were in contact with our loved ones to begin to prepare for what was coming, and also physically by stocking up on food and water and so on. Okay. I was telling the people in a, in a desperate way, trying to get them to understand what I was saying. The people were very quiet, but very attentive, 
and it seemed as though what I said to them stuck uh, them deeply or struck them deeply, and they gathered up when I was done to begin to prepare. Then I went to the left side of the building, yes, okay, where the majority of the rest of the sanctuary was. Of course, Jesus put the rebellious people on his left, the goats and the tares, right? But on the left side of the building were cubicles, like you would see in a call center. Eh, it could be denominationalism, right? And all of these people were in these cubicles, and all you would hear was voices from people talking. Some people were visiting one another in the cubicles, and some people were in the cubicles alone, and some people were talking on the phone. The majority of the people uh, were there on the left of the building. Well, this is very true of the church today. The cubicles represent the majority of God's people who are divided by their religious sects in um, rebellion to God's Word as well as distracted by their fellowship with the world. So I was trying to get their attention, and I was saying, excuse me, excuse me, and I only saw a few heads pop up above the cubicles to see where the voice was coming from. They made eye contact with me, but there was only just a few people. Uh, And the rest of the people continued in their conversations. So I began walking up and down the aisles trying to get the people's attention, and I said, Listen, we need to gather in the sanctuary. I have a very important message to tell you. But the people were not trying to hear what I had to say, and they were not bothered or alarmed by my voice. Well, obviously this is a voice um, representing a call to sanctification in order to be prepared for what's coming. Mm -hmm. And let me say, a lot of the people uh, on the left in the church, they won't listen, they don't believe in anything but what they want to believe in, which is peace and prosperity and so on, you know. And I noticed that on each cubicle was a office phone like in a regular call center. And the woman that was dressed in a simple white dress was following me in the dream, and I was going up and down these aisles trying to get people's attention. I turned back to look at her and said, They're not listening. I can't get them to listen. And I felt this frustration coming over me. But I noticed that all of the phones were on speaker, and there was simultaneous music playing. In other words, everyone was listening to the same thing. And I stopped to pay attention to what the music was that was coming through the phones, and I noticed that it was contemporary Christian music that would have been played on any type of modern-day Christian radio station. Everyone was listening to the same station, the same song at the same time. I think it's the it's the uh, what you want to hear thing. You know, they're listening to what they want to hear. They don't want to hear anything contrary to that. So I walked over to an empty cubicle where there was a phone on the table, and I looked to see where the music was coming from. 
And that phone, too, also had a speaker, and the same song was playing out. But there was a stream that was on the, on the phone, like it, it was turned in or turned to whatever the station was that the music was coming from. So I looked at the woman, and I said, I'm not going over to overexert myself with these people. They obviously are not interested in what I have to say. So the ones that came, they heard, but I am not going to go above and beyond to try to reach these people. Well, these people are coming under the judgment that is being spoken here clearly from the Word of God. They're the ones that are coming under the judgment. And they're not going to listen until they do get judged. That's just the way it is. I was trying to, but they were not interested. But when I looked down at the stream uh, of the phone, I saw the number 414, and there was Greek written underneath it. I remember paying attention to it and thinking in the dream, oh, this is the radio station, perhaps, that everyone is turned into. And I began to come out of the dream, so when I woke up, I thought about the numbers, 414. And I decided to go to Strong's Concordance to look up the Greek of what 414 represented, since I saw Greek letters underneath that number. The number 414 was a, a word, a nectos. And there were two scriptures associated with the word anectos, and they were Matthew ten fourteen through fifteen and Matthew eleven twenty one through twenty two. And here they are Matthew ten fourteen to fifteen and whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words as you go forth out of that house or that city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Well, we know what Sodom and Gomorrah represents. A massive judgment that only a few escaped. Hmm. Now, the second scripture is uh, Matthew eleven twenty-one through 22. Woe unto thee, Chorazan! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sodom, which were done in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. Well, obviously, we, we have all the miracles of Jesus, and people decided they don't necessarily believe those are pertinent for today, you know. That word, anectos, is the word intolerable. I feel this to be interesting in this dream because this is what uh, was on the phone screen that everyone was listening to. And it's a warning. Yes, it is. Jesus was giving warning to the Jews at that time. And the reason why he's comparing it to the Gentile, Sodom and Gomorrah and Chorazin, and Sidon, because the Israelites had the Messiah in front of them, and they did not accept him, nor were willing to listen to him. But in addition to that, they had the Torah. They had the law that was given to them by God through Moses, 
So basically, they were without excuse. And Jesus was saying to them in both scriptures, references that if these Gentiles and even part of what has been given to you, they would have repented. Hmm, true. So, uh, Deb sent an email saying that it was no coincidence in timing that this video had been posted on our blog as she was currently working on Chapter 4 of the latest book, Humility, the Demand of Discipleship. She said, As you know, all of my transcription and editing had to fall by the wayside for almost a full month because of our move to a new camper. And I just finally got back to finishing the transcription of this chapter, replaying it to catch my errors, going through to tentatively break the text into paragraphs, copy uh, in scriptures, etc. The verses, Matthew 11.22 and 11.24, are the verses Mina Lee mentioned that contain tolerable, the strong Greek word 414. Here is the transcription that I'm working on. <laughs> Interesting. A good confirmation of this revelation here, right? Uh, David said, You know, back in Matthew chapter 11, let me read something to you. Matthew eleven twenty and 21. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works are done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, and woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which were done in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Well, huh, what a powerful confirmation there. It happened at the same time, huh? Okay, uh, verse 22. But I say unto you, uh, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, shalt thou be exalted unto heaven? Thou shalt go down unto Hades. For if the mighty works that have been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, which were done in thee, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. So... God makes people responsible when they see the glory of God and when they see the works of God. He makes them more responsible than other people. Uh, a so-called Christian nation, which I don't believe there exists such a thing, um, except for the spiritual Christian nation that covers the earth, right? Um so I'm just using this term uh, that a lot of people use, Christian nation, is more responsible to do something with the word than a lost nation is. And I will receive more judgment, it will receive more judgment than a wicked nation, so-called. In fact, the so-called Christian nation, who's going about to do their own will and their own thing, will receive more judgment. Well then, people don't connect this next text with the previous one that we just read, Matthew 11 and 25. At that season, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
that thou didst hide these things from the wise and understanding and didst reveal them unto babes. You notice that the wise and understanding did not want to listen to the message. They wanted to continue listening to their smooth music, you know. They're very ear-tickling music. Mm. So, what things is he talking about? Well, of course, we know all of God's wondrous wisdom is hidden from the wise and prudent. But in this particular case, he's also talking about the text before it. You know the judgment, the thing about the, the judgment. Have you ever noticed how a lot of apostates nowadays don't believe that their nation can be judged? They're more a part of their nation than they are a part of the nation that they're supposed to belong to, which is the New Testament spiritual Israel. So they take sides with their nation, their nation, uh, na- uh, excuse me, their natural nation against their spiritual nation, and they begin to think in the flesh. And many of those people, those very same people, do not believe that God will judge their nation. Well, there's that patriotism kind of comes in there, you know. That's a demon spirit, by the way. It's killed more people than even religion. There's a lot of Christians here in America that don't believe. Some of them are very prosperity-minded. They don't know anything about the crucified life. They don't believe that they... They teach against and they rail against the fact that, yes, God is judging and will judge this nation. It's hidden from the wise and prudent, but it's revealed unto the humble babes. And verse 26 goes on to say, Yea, Father, for so it was well-pleasing in thy sight. All things have been delivered unto me of my Father, and no one knoweth the Son save the Father, Neither doth any know the Father save the Son, and he to whom the Son willeth to reveal him. And, of course, obviously God will reveal himself to the babes, those who just trust in their Father, right? So let's go back to uh, Mina Lee's revelation here. She says there's uh, so many wavering Christians in the church right now, especially in the Western church, there's so many people who are sitting in churches, who are in the, the choirs, who attend regular Bible studies. Some of you are into Messianic teachings or Hebrew roots. And there are so many in the church right now who profess that Jesus Christ or Yeshua is their Lord and Savior and that he's their God and he's their king. But yet they are still bound by spirits of perversion. Adulterers, fornications, uh, liars, thieves, greedy and full of pride. These people don't want to give up their sin. That's why they can't listen to judgment. They don't like to read the Bible because it it makes them feel condemned. (laughs) Um, There's so much bitterness and so many people who, who you haven't forgiven and those who have offended you, and those that hate you, and some of the people that go all the way back to your mamas and daddies that weren't there, or the mothers and fathers that abused you, some of us, it's other relatives, some of us, it's our co-workers, some of us, it's our ex-spouses, some of us, it's the fathers or mothers of our children, whether we married them or not, but 
<coughs> we're dealing with so much iniquity in our hearts that the Lord is warning us. He is warning us that we are not prepared for what's coming. Hmm. Jesus said in Matthew 18 that those who do not forgive from the heart, the Father will turn them over to the tormentors, the demons, right? So they're falling into all these corrupt sins and things and wonder how they fell away from God, right? They don't forgive is one of the major keys. And Mina went on. And then there are a vast group of Christians here in the United States who are prophesying and who are preaching and who are saying that good times are still coming. The utopian thousand years of peace, I would say, what they're talking about. They're still saying this. They're still saying that everything is going to change with an election. Well, God puts them in and he takes them out. You know, I mean, it's God you've got to get your eyes on, right? They're still saying that God is going to relent judgment even after all that has happened. Uh, well, you know, for the people that repent, this is true. This is true for the people that repent. But usually it takes judgment to bring repentance, sad to say. So she says, uh, even after a solar eclipse, even after torrential rains and storms and earthquakes and unprecedented fires, and even after COVID-19 and the deaths and the sweeping deaths that have swept across the planet, people are still asleep. And they're saying that good times are coming. Saints, we are in the final last days. And there are so many people that are not going to make it in because you have built your treasures in this life. Um, you have built your treasures here. You, you're complacent. And the Lord is saying, wake up. The Lord is saying, wake up, O thou sleeper. Awake from your drunken slumbers. Hear the word of the Lord in this season and repent of your sins. We are not repenting. We are treating the blood of Jesus as though it is something that is common. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Yeshua, is not fire insurance. It's not to be taken as something common. It's not your excuse to sin. And I'm here to warn you, and again, as I said in the beginning, it doesn't matter what you think of me as a person. I'm a flawed individual. I have had to repent of many things. I've had to be humbled in many ways, even in the 16 years of ministry. God has had to humble me many times and show me things the way he wanted them to be. Amen. I am no one special, but hear the words that are coming from my mouth. We have to repent and we have to prepare. War is coming to our coastlands. War is coming to America because of our wickedness, and because of the wickedness of our politicians, and because of the wickedness in the church, and because the church has refused to admit that we are in the last days, and we are walking around with blind eyes and deaf ears. Well, this is in part because of the once saved, always saved, and the pre-trib rapture doctrines, you know, these doctrines that let you just live the way you want to live, but you're gonna, don't worry, you won't go through anything bad, right? 
And she says, because of that, judgment has been pronounced upon this nation, and we need to prepare, saints. This is not about trying to save our country. Judgment is written in his book. It's about preparing your hearts. It's about preparing your minds. It's about preparing your souls. It's about making sure that your lamps are filled and that your garments are without spot or wrinkle, saints. It's about preparing your households. It's about praying over your children and your grandchildren. It's about spouses covering their households and covering one another. It's about loving your neighbor. It's about forgiving those who have offended you. And it's about turning away from your wickedness and looking up into the light of the Son of Righteousness and beholding His glory and beholding the ministry of Jesus Christ. And this is what it's about in this season. It's about what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in this season because we are not paying attention. This morning I had another dream, and and I was in this high-rise building, like an apartment. I had my laptop, like I have right now, and I was doing this video, talking about the word that God had given me, and I was warning the people, and I was talking about the scripture where Jesus said, John 9 and 4, We must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. There will be mass confusion very soon. And I was sharing in my dream the video that I'm sharing with you right now. And I was talking about the days of a light. And now I know in reality we have 12 hours typically of daylight. But in the dream... I was going by the afternoon, uh, the peak of the day, uh, from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., and I was seeing that as the peak of light, and uh, I said, but from 6 p.m. to midnight, that's when the darkness comes in. And I was telling the people that we're in the 6 p.m. to midnight, and darkness has descended. And as I'm saying this in my video, the place began to get dark and I stopped my video to look out the window because I knew it was daytime and I said to myself why is it so dark and I turned and I looked outside and noticed that the darkness had descended in the skies and I got up from where I was sitting and I went to look out the window and I noticed that there was a black storm it was a storm with black clouds that had rolled in, and the wind was blowing, and I watched below as the trees began to bend. And I'm looking at the uh, traffic and uh, people who were trying to run to get out of the storm. And then I looked straight ahead again, and I saw tornadoes in the distance, big, wide tornadoes, and they began to form, and then they began to dissipate. And then they would be would reform, and then they would dissipate. There were three of them. And as they would form, they would tear up uh, whatever was in their path. And then they would dissipate. And then I would watch as they would reform and uh, were moving all over this city. And I knew what 
it, it meant? Well, I'll tell you one thing it means. It means that God is very specific where he brings judgment and who gets to skip out on the judgment. You can see from this action of this tornado that it was very specific. I remember one time we had a meeting at this man's house, and we had claimed that um, no rain would fall on our meeting that day. It was kind of like a pot blessing day, you know. And uh, no rain fell. But we were out in the pasture just looking around, and we looked up, and a tornado was forming right over our heads. I mean, right over. It was everything started to swirl right there over our heads, and we were watching it. <laughs> and uh, I was just uh, enjoying watching it. And somebody said, "We got to rebuke that." I said, "Wait, wait! I want to see." <laughs> well, anyway, we did rebuke it, and it broke up. And then we watched as it moved across the sky and formed again. And all of a sudden, hail started to fall. And it fell about maybe four inches thick, and it had cut all the green out of the trees and everything. So everybody ran to cover, you know. So we had a good day, but it was cooler than usual. (laughs) So God is specific with his, his judgments. She said, I knew trouble was coming, and I left the windows. And uh, I was thinking in the dream that I needed to call my mother, and I knew she was just down the street in the dream, just a few minutes away. Well, Mina's mother probably represents the apostate church, right? But I looked out the window one more time, and I saw that the lights began to go out. There were sections of the city losing power, and it was coming towards me. And I said, okay, and then the lights in my building went out. And I thought, okay, well, now I can finish my video. Or, excuse me, I can't finish my video. And then I went to go grab my phone because I still had phone service, and the dream ended with me calling my mom. Okay, well, we don't know whether mom will get the message. Right? Like in the previous part. And when I have dreams about storms, saints, and I've um, had several over the years, it has always been significant of storms in the spirit realm brewing. Storms that are coming that were not prepared for. Uh, There were three tornadoes representing the three seasons of storms, and we have entered a time of famine. And I need you to understand that things are not going to get better. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And I also, uh, more importantly, need the church to understand that this whole idea that nothing bad is going to happen to the United States before the return of the Lord, the rapture, whatever you want to call it, okay? Oh, that's a new thing for her because she was really stuck on that and couldn't figure out why all her Revelations were saying, seemed to be saying the opposite, even questioned the Lord about that. But now she's getting the revelation here. Praise God. That's good. Because everybody has their different beliefs. Uh, There's pre, mid, post, whatever. I don't get into any of that. But I need you to understand that this is not true. (laughs) That's good. Uh, War is coming to our shores, saints, and they're planning it. Yes, they are planning it. And it may not be the way she thinks, but they are planning it. 
Um, we'll get into that in a minute. I came across one of the most bone-chilling headlines after I had this dream. And basically, Vladimir Putin, or his prime minister, made the announcement that if there are any individual uh, U.S. states that would like to defect and join the Russian Federation, that they would consider that. They made this announcement, and now some of you may hear that, and you may roar with laughter. Like, are you crazy? What are you talking about? No, I need you to hear what they're saying uh, uh, without saying it. They're giving us the opportunity ahead of schedule, saints, because they are planning to invade us. Hmm. At the moment, this is part of the false flag nuke scare that the Alliance has planned. But I feel that this could go all wrong and a real war could start, as in Revelation 6, 1 through 4. And I know that Babylon, deep state, has a plan to get in the middle and shoot both ways and cause a real war. They have that plan. And I've talked about this on uh, videos before. God has given me dreams. He's shown me the alignment between Turkey and Russia before they made their military pact. This was back in 2016, I believe. And it was on our Watchman on the Wall page, and I posted this before when I saw them invading us. And I have been shown this multiple times. We also have... Uh, a dream, at least one, of Turkey fighting against the United States. There are great men and women of God who have gone home to be with the Lord who have been shown years ago, 20, 30, 40 years ago, that Russia was going to invade our country. Well, we know that they are going to invade our country uh, at the end of the tribulation period, absolutely a major war all over the world, much bigger than this one that is coming. Okay, uh, call many people. It's joined obviously with Armageddon, right? And uh, and but there may be uh, something that's happening here as uh, Russians and other people are coming across the border to help, supposedly. Uh, track down the Kazarian Mafia, which is a big part of the deep state. They're a bunch of murderers. They have been ruling the world, taking people's places in government, like it's what they've always done. So they, uh, both Russia and the United States, have declared them shoot on sight. So they're track coming in here to help uh, track these people down. So, uh, she says they are planning this, saints. Yes, they are planning a false war to bring everybody into their covenant, like when they made the League of Nations after World War I, and the United Nations after World War II, in a feigned attempt to stop future wars. She went on to say, I don't know when, but I know you all heard about them downplaying Biden saying that we are closer to Armageddon than we've ever been, and they scolded him for saying that. Well, that was just part of the show. 
uh, folks. There's a big show going on. If you haven't realized it, you will sooner or later. And he's uh, spent all week now trying to backtrack as to what he meant. I don't know if it's going to be a nuclear or not. I think it's going to be partially nuclear, but not necessarily a nuclear war, but a nuclear exchange. Okay. But I know that in 1999, it was spoken to me by the Lord that Putin would be a key factor in the tribulation, specifically the tribulation. Okay. And I've been watching this man since then. And I knew this man was going to be a key factor in the last days, and I know that many underestimate Russia, and and they underestimate Putin, I will say. The end is here, saints. The end of all things is here. So many are going to be here to receive the mark of the beast. Yes, the Christians, because there's no fight in us. Oh, that's a big that's a big departure for her. That's that's good. I'm glad. So glad the Lord is showing her these things. All Satan has to do is to is the simplest things, you know, send us a cold or stub our toes and we have no fight in us. We become cowards. We don't do anything. We're not serving God. God has hired us as his vine dressers for his vineyard and this world is his vineyard and our job is to cultivate his garden and and yet let me say i believe uh his vineyard is not the world but it's in the world okay uh his vineyard is his people okay and yet many are wicked they have cultivated the garden and kept it for themselves and some of us have done no cultivation But the king is coming, and he is looking for the fruit that is due to him to be rendered unto him in his due season. And he said, uh, as he said in the parable in Matthew 21, And some of us, most of us, we should be presenting bushels and bushels from his vineyard. And many are going to be empty-handed. Many are going to have two or three grapes in their hands. (laughs) Well, afraid so, yes. Uh, but then uh, the judgment will cause people to realize what is really important, uh, God's people, and they'll go to work. They might be the last people to go to work in the vineyard, like Jesus said, right? The last thing I want to warn about is the Lord spoke to me and told me that we, are, we needed to begin to really pray starting October the 1st. We needed to go into a spiritual warfare that we've never gone into before. He said that through the fall and into the winter, we are going to have a brutal winter worldwide. And I'm not just talking uh, weather-wise, even though uh, that's included. We're going to see shortages. Inflation is going to continue, and we're going to see uh, rising gas prices and so on. And so forth. And we need to prepare, saints. This is across the planet, and this is not just for the United States. I think I'll go a little bit further. I believe we got a depression coming. Mm-hmm. Last uh, February 2002, she said, the Lord gave me a warning regarding our little ones where I saw massive graves. 
There were tiny graves in symmetrical rows, and I saw people begin to bury their children. They were wrapped in swaddling clothes, and they weren't even in coffins. And the mothers and the parents were laying these tiny babies into these graves. And I talked about how these graves were so small that they couldn't fit anything but an infant up to maybe a kindergarten or in this. Well, a Reuters article here, Reuters article here, October the 20th. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC Advisory Committee on Vaccines on Thursday approved adding COVID-19 vaccines to the agency's recommended immunization schedules for both children and adults. They really want to kill the children. Okay. And there's plenty of foolish people out there that are not listening, just like Mina pointed out. The CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, ACIP, voted unanimously, of course they would, to add the vaccines to the schedules, which contain recommendations to physicians on which shots their patients should receive and when. Don't get any shots from depopulationists. Don't give your children any shots from depopulationists, even if you've got to pull them out of school and teach them yourself. Yeah. Uh, years ago, we were some of the very first people that did that. And uh, people thought we were crazy, but we didn't want the bad influence of... Think about the bad influence today. Oh, my gosh. And they take control over your children. They will give them shots whether you like it or not. Yes. We have to know God's promises. And I'd like you to read our book, God's Vaccine. I'll put a link to it here. You're still going to need it. Okay, back to Mina. We need to pray for our little ones. There are events coming that are going to take the lives of our children. And I warned, and I've even talked about being wise about our medical decisions regarding our children. Yes, indeed. So many of us are deceived because we're not in our prayer closets and we're not in the Word. We're too stuck on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. And we have no relationship with the King. Yes, well, that's an amen there. Okay, Psalm 91 and 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That scripture is called the covenant of protection. But you cannot claim a covenant of protection if you have not dwelled in the secret place. If you do not understand the presence of God, He cannot be your refuge. He cannot be your fortress. He cannot be your shield and buckler if you have not spent time with him and if you don't then you cannot claim protection in a time like this you're not in the secret place so psalm 91 belongs to these people i need you to know mina said that in the dark arts the witches and the warlocks the people who do seances and black magic they celebrate from october 1st to november 1st it's an entire month of practicing, of preparing, of celebrations, of rituals, of spells, of sacrifices. Blood sacrifice is real, and it still happens today. It happens even in our country. 
Someone has tipped off the feds that there is a possibility of fentanyl being put in the Halloween candy, and they are putting out warnings, and they have already found some traces of this in on the West Coast. Saints, I need you to understand that in the dark magic and black magic of Satanism, in it, the shedding of innocent blood is the most potent power in witchcraft. It is time to repent, saints. It's time to prepare. It's time to cast off the weight that has been holding us down and a little, and the little things that have been uh, tripping us up. And it's time for us to wash our robes in the blood of the Lamb, he said in Luke 18 and 8. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith in the earth. Okay, you folks who have faith, you need to exercise faith against these witches and warlocks. You saw when all they tried to curse Trump three times in a row and the Christians rose up and prayed how that it came to nothing. Okay? They want to kill your children. They consider it a sacrifice that will make them powerful. And they've been losing power as the dragon has been falling from heaven. <laughs> Well, the scriptures let us know that uh, Christ is only returning for a bride whose garments are white without spot or wrinkle, she says. Please share this with everyone and the believers and the unbeliever. Warn them, warn them. Trouble is coming. Yes, I agree. Trouble is coming. So we thought that, and uh, what is to follow what I have to say here, uh, really fit with this, so I'm going to say it. This is grace given to destroy the enemy and rebuild the kingdom. Uh, recently, we've had many a warning word by faith at random in our morning prayer meetings and in dreams and so on and so forth concerning judgments to come on apostates and the world. But today, 10.21.22, we were encouraged by verses we received by faith at random that tell a wonderful story of God's grace to conquer the enemy and rebuild his kingdom in these days. The man-child, head of the bride, are together being built by God. The title of this chapter, which I'm fixing to share with you, is Prayer of an Afflicted One for Mercy on Himself and on Zion. Psalm 102. 15 through 22. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. For the Lord hath built up Zion, he hath appeared in his glory. Yes, the Lord is coming in his people, he is preparing them. He is prepared also to choose the bride. That will be shortly. Uh, and these, all these texts that I'm going to share with you, we got by faith at random, and they tell a story. This is one day right here, 10, 21, 22. And uh, it tells this story. Listen. So, the Lord will manifest His glory by coming first in His man-child, who is the head of of the bride, as David was the head of Jerusalem, which was called the bride in the book of Revelation, right? So, uh, 
Verse 17 goes on, He hath regarded the prayer of the destitute, and hath not despised their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come, and a people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. They shall be created and shall praise the Lord. Well, the first fruits uh, will praise the Lord, and He will answer them. Have you noticed that praising the Lord gives you power over your enemies and defeats enemies like it did in Second Chronicles 20? Right? Yes. They sent the praisers out front. The enemies slaughtered each other. They didn't have to do a thing. Verse 19, For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from the heaven did the Lord behold the earth, to hear the sighing of the prisoner, to loose those who are appointed unto death, oh, praise God, that men may declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. Let me tell you, his praise is going to be in Jerusalem because this is the bride. She's beautiful. And that praise is going forth and her enemies will be conquered. Verse 22, when the peoples are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. So, next text. Then, through these first fruits, he will raise up the church as it was with Jesus who sent forth his disciples to raise up Jacob slash Israel, which is a type of the church, right? Psalm 85, 1 on down. Uh, Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast wrought brought back the captivity of Jacob, representing the church, right? Jacob was the Old Testament church. Jacob or Israel was the Old Testament church, right? And thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people, and thou hast covered all their sin. This is done. This is conquered. This has actually happened. We just look back at the cross, and we claim it, right? Three, Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, which means grant repentance, right, of our salvation, and cause uh, thine indignation towards us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not quicken us again? In other words, make us alive. That's what quicken means, right? that thy people may rejoice in thee. Amen. Verse 7, Show us thy loving kindness, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh unto them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Oh, praise the Lord. We need glory in our land. Our land is our physical life, right? And um, so, the land of Israel, which is a type of the church, is what's being spoken about here, uh, our land. Verse 10, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Well, we know that grace 
through the mercy of God, will be given through faith in the truth. Uh, and that truth the man-child brings, and they will live in peace from God. Amen? So this truth is going to set many people free from their bondages to uh, backslidden religion, Babylonish religion. Verse 11, Truth springeth out of the earth. Truth will come through the Son of Man, Jesus in the man-child reformers who is born from the earth. Emmanuel, God with and in us. Amen. And righteousness has looked down from heaven. Oh, praise the Lord. Verse 12. Yea, the Lord will give that which is good, and our land shall yield its increase. I want to say, as God's people come into repentance and turn to Him, they have this peace. The judgment is to cause them to turn to uh, the Lord and turn to His Word and come into this peace and come out from under the curse, right? This is already given to us, to those who repent. And it will happen like that tornado, like those tornadoes. Hit here, reach over here, hit here, reach over here, and hit. God is very specific. He controls all judgment. So this increase of the fruit of Jesus in his people is being spoken about here. Yield its increase. Our land shall yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him and shall make his footsteps a way to walk in. This is what the apostate church, especially those in the cubicles, don't understand. First John 2 and 4 says, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily hath the love of God been perfected. See, they don't think you have to keep the word. That's uh, legalism. <laughs> Sorry, it's written. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Ah, so he shall make his footsteps a way to walk in. When the man-child comes, that's what the man-child is going to teach. Walk in the footsteps of Jesus. The man-child is making disciples of Jesus, not disciples of men or denominations or cubicles. Right? 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, For we must all be made manifest before the judgment seat of Christ. Whoa. Well, the, the word uh, judgment seat here uh, in Greek is bima seat or footprint tribunal. Oh, there it is again. Uh, make his footsteps a way to walk in. Right? Footprint tribunal. You're going to be tried as to whether you walked in the footsteps of the Master, thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. That each one may receive the things done through. This is numeric. I'm, I just changed my text here to the numeric because it is correct. That each one may receive the things done through the body 
according to what he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So this is speaking of receiving a reward in the new body according to what a person has done in their earthly body. Oh, so there's differences of reward. Yes, as was spoken clearly in the scriptures, you know, there is star glory, moon glory, and sun glory. Yes, and this is speaking about that very thing, people coming into those different glories. And we behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord were transformed into that same image from glory to glory. That is star glory, moon glory, and sun glory. And sun glory, of course, is that hundredfold fruit that looks like the sun. You have to look like the Father if you're the Son. <laughs> uh, our Lord should be praised, for He is our salvation. And I, I'm uh, putting this ahead of this next text that we received. Psalm 98, 1-9. O oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for He hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath wrought salvation for him. Amen. We know Jesus uh, is his, the arm of the Lord revealed, and he wrought salvation from the curse, right? His holy arm hath wrought salvation for him. The Lord hath made known his salvation. It's there. It's for people to read, but they're in their cubicles, right? His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the nations. He hath remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness towards the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all of the earth. Praise him with the whole heart, saints. That's what he's talking about here. Enemies are conquered, including your carnal enemies are conquered because you go out and praise the Lord. Amen. Break forth and sing for joy. Yea, sing praises. In the cubicles, they don't know how to do this. I mean, they're pretty staunch and they sit there on their pew and they sing a song, but their heart's not in it. It's not in spirit and in truth and therefore it does no good. Even God won't listen. So, five, sing praises unto God. Praise, by the way, is halal. It means to brag on the Lord. It's coming from the heart. It's in spirit and it's in truth, right? Sing praises unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of melody, with trumpets and sounds of cornet. Yes, some of you people out there don't believe in instruments, but God does. Make a joyful noise before the King, Lord. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. This is judgment here. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. And who is going to escape this judgment at the hands of these beasts out there that are one after another taking over the world? Well, the people who praise God. Read Psalm 149. Now, even the worst criminals escape justice, but 
God is going to change this. He will judge the peoples with equity, he said. God's going to change this. He is going to judge. Like those tornadoes hopping around. Yeah. Okay, this next part is more about, it's, it, we're in the same line, same day, man, child, and bride arise to rebuild. Hmm. So God's word will strengthen the man-child company to strengthen the bride to rebuild the house of the Lord in the bride. That's where they started first, is building the bride, right? Haggai 2, 4 and 5. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, which means born from Babylon. He was the first fruits man-child to come out from among them. Oh, praise God. Saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Well, Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, the high priest, is with the man-child. He is Emmanuel, God with us, right? The whole church needs to be in that condition. And be strong, all ye people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. He is with them to rebuild the bride. And what's in the midst of the bride? But the temple. What, which is, what is what? That is the presence of God is in the bride. Yeah. The rest are content to live out there somewhere. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit abode among you, fear ye not. Well, uh, Jude 1 and 4, it reminded me of this. It says, For there are certain men crept in privily, even they who were of old written of beforehand unto this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, which is a, a license to excess, do your own thing, and so on, and denying our own only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. They are denying the Lord. The Lord is the Word. You deny the Word, you deny the Lord, right? Now I desire to put you in remembrance, that though you know all things once and for all, that the Lord, having saved a people out of the land of Egypt, Afterwards destroyed them that believed not. Oh my, that doesn't fit with a lot of the cubicles. Hmm. So if you don't go on to believe the word, you're going to be lost. You must bear fruit. The fruit comes from the word sown in the heart to bring forth the thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold fruit of Jesus. Amen. The bride is about to be chosen before the seven-day-slash-year marriage feast, right? We know the tribulation is seven days of years, okay? And so the tribulation is seven days of years, and that is the marriage feast, which was for seven days. The bride is about to be chosen before the seven days. Yeah, Esther 2, 15-17. Now, when the turn of Esther, uh, Esther's the bride taken from among the virgins, right? 
the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai. This is little man. Mordecai means little man or man-child. Who had taken her for his daughter. Okay, notice this. Before this man-child was anointed over the kingdom in the book of Esther, he raised up the bride as his daughter. The man-child is chosen, as was David, before he was anointed king. Uh Uh-oh. And what's this man-child doing? He is raising up the bride as his daughter. And the bride is going to be so beautiful that the king cannot resist her. Okay. Uh, So who had taken her for his daughter was come to go in unto the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, which I believe represents the Holy Spirit, the keeper of the women, appointed. So she only wanted those things that came from the Spirit of God, right? He shall take of mine and declare it unto you, Jesus said. So who knows what Jesus likes in his bride more than his Holy Spirit? Hmm? 1 Corinthians 2.11 For who among men knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of the man, which is in him? Even so, the things of God none knoweth, save the Spirit of God. But we receive not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that were freely given to us of God. Notice, if you don't have the Spirit of God, you won't know the things that are given to you from God. Like, for instance, the ministry of Jesus. What does the Spirit of God impart? The gifts of the Spirit. Who has left it behind? The cubicle folks. They don't want the gifts of the Spirit. The very things that give them the ministry of Jesus. Do you know you're baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Well, what is that? The word name means nature, character, and authority. You know why the people in the cubicles don't have the authority? They've rejected the name. They've rejected the spirit that imparts the name. Hmm. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. She was filled with the spirit as the bride Jerusalem is filled with the presence of God in the temple of God. Right? So Esther was taken into King Ahasuerus, into his house royal, in the tenth month, which is the month Tabeth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained favor and kindness in his sight, more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Okay. Well, This is true. There's many Vashtis out there. They have not come when the king called them. Called is a word uh, which means invited. And the Bible says he saved us and called us. You don't get called till you get saved. This is not a calling to the world. This is a calling to the church to come and partake of the benefits of the kingdom, to sit at Jesus' feet, hear his words, and come into his image. 
They're too proud and too distracted. And this calling is an invitation to partake of the benefits of the kingdom, including the king himself. Hmm. Having the Spirit of God is necessary to have the things that are given to us. Go seek the Holy Spirit. If you've not received it, if they told you you got it when you got saved, but you had no signs and wonders, you got nothing. Okay. So this next part, I'm going to call it the bride's battle against the Haman beast. Well, we know that the bride will stand on their own holy land as the first to return from Babylonish bondage to rebuild their kingdom as an example to the apostate church. They came out to rebuild Zion and to rebuild the temple of God, right? Zechariah 14 is what we received. 9 through 14. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. Hmm. So the dragon of Satan will be cast down from heaven. And right there at the beginning, right, of the first three and a half years, we see that in Revelation 12. In that day shall the Lord be one, and His name one. And all the land shall be made like the Arabah, from Geba to Rimmon, south to Jerusalem. And she shall be lifted up, south of Jerusalem, excuse me. We're talking about the place of Jerusalem. She shall be lifted up, that is, the bride, and shall dwell in her place, from Benjamin's gate even unto the place of the first gate, unto the corner gate, and from the tower of Hananel unto the king's wine presses. That's all of Jerusalem. The bride will be completely restored from the curses uh, in Joel chapter 2. Just like is said there in Joel chapter 2. A, a renovation of the bride is there. A building of the bride is in Joel chapter 2. No, it's not talking to the whole church. Read back. You'll find it's Jerusalem. Righteous Jerusalem, not wicked apostate Jerusalem. And men shall dwell therein, and there shall be no more curse. But Jerusalem shall dwell safely. Hmm. The bride will not be under the curse. Their DNA will be completely restored, as the angel told us. This is obviously a place of safety, and not a place under the curse at all. Okay, That's why I've been telling people for years, let's go up to Zion, where the king is. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the peoples that have warred against Jerusalem. Well, there's your factious Edomites and the deep state government faction. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. Well, look at how many, how many people's flesh is being destroyed by the vaccine which we've seen in dreams. And their eyes shall consume away in their sockets, so they have no spiritual discernment. This, this reminds us of the faction. We know this, that this is the way these people are. They've been reprobated because they would not obey the word, refused. And their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. Let me say the cubicles, by the way, 
or just a church faction on a much milder scale than the faction of recent days, but it's still a faction. Jesus said, I pray that they may be one as we are one, and they set about to make sure that their people couldn't be one. Let's see, you follow me, you know. Everybody's got the you follow me thing, you know, because we do this. (laughs) And their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. So their own tongue, get this, their own tongue will bring their curses back on them, as says the Lord in many places. When anybody curses the righteous and the pure, their tongue, the curse that comes out of their mouth, goes back on them. Verse 13, And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them. Uh-huh. And they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor. Uh-oh, faction got factioned. How did that happen? It came out of their mouth. They kept trying to put it on God's people, and it came on them. Everyone's on the hand of his neighbor, and the hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. So their allies will turn against them to destroy them, as it was with Jehoshaphat and Gideon, remember? Those armies that came against them? And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the nations round about shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. Well, guess what Cyrus does, you know, after he, uh, well, as a type of Trump, plundered Babylon's treasuries to rebuild the kingdom of God. He sent them where? Jerusalem. To restore Jerusalem. Hmm. So, repent quickly before the anger of the Lord is released so that you will be hid from this judgment. The next text we got here, Zephaniah 2, 1 through 3. Gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together, O nation that hath no shame. Well, they don't have any conscience of sin. That's both in the cubicles and in the factions that are are recent years. They have no conscience of the Word of God at all. It doesn't faze them. Before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you. Before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. In other words, repent now. Do it quickly. Change your mind into what thus saith the Lord in His Word. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay. You, oh, oh, you say you haven't been reading the Word? Well, how do you know where to go? How do you know what fruit is? How do you know what to repent of? Hmm. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, that ye, that have kept His ordinances. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be that you will be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Aha! So seek the Lord now to be in the secret place of the Most High and under the shadow of the Almighty. So you can have that Psalm 91, right? 
and the nations are gathered together to destroy deep state Babylon as typed by the Edomites who hated and tried to destroy their own brethren. The righteous are given authority over their own Edomite enemies through spiritual warfare. And that brings us to our text. Obadiah 1, 1 through 4. The vision of Obadiah. Thus saith the Lord concerning Edom, We have heard tidings from the Lord. Listen, an ambassador is sent among the nations, saying, Arise ye, let us rise up against her in battle. Oh my, what has just happened? Yes, this is exactly what has just happened. The alliance from all nations is coming together. They are been told, rise up against her, bring her down. This is what is happening. I mean, it's going to exceed even their expectations of what they're going to accomplish in bringing down Babylon. It's going to exceed that. Babylon is bigger than the deep state, let me tell you. There are a lot of people who, whose very nature is according to Babylonish religion, right? Arise ye, let us rise up against her in battle. Behold, I have made thee small among the nations, Edom, that is. Thou art greatly despised, Edom, again. Edom, whether you're talking about Edom in the governments of the world or Edom in the church. Those who hate their brothers, turned against their brothers, uh, were traitors to their brothers, Judases, all of them. The pride of thy heart hath deceived thee, O thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock. That's Edom, their capital city, right? Whose uh, habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou mount up as high as the eagle. There it is, the eagle. And though thy nest be among the stars, I will bring thee down from thence, says the Lord. Uh, even though you're among the stars? Yeah. So the Lord is bringing down those factious people of the eagle. And those who were once stars uh, of the seed of Abraham, God said. He, he said his seed would be like the stars of heaven. Uh, will fall from their heavenly position. Some people say, well, that's not possible. Oh, you're wrong. It's written. It's going to come to pass. A third of the stars of him will fall to the earth. Yes, they were stars. Yes, they had a position in the heavenlies, but they will lose it. And they're losing it now. So everything Haman's beast kingdom desired to do was turned around for the elect's sake. Their curses came upon their own heads. Once again, Esther 9, 1 through 5, we received. Now in the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution, uh, on the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have rule over them, whereas... It was turned to the contrary, that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. So, this is as a type 
of the elect Christians who are spiritual Jews circumcised in heart, right? That's the Jews we're talking about here. It's a type. Everything that happened to them is for our admonition. That's what the Bible says. So apply this to you, you who are a Jew circumcised in heart, not in flesh, right? So these people came to rule over their enemies. It's happening now. The Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus to lay hands on such as sought their hurt, and no man could withstand them, for the fear of them was fallen upon all the peoples. What is coming on the earth? What has always come upon the earth? What has been spoken out of the mouth of the prophets? Who did that? The prophets did that. It, nothing happens until it first comes out of their mouth. We've been speaking the things that are coming. We've been doing this for a long time. And there are many out there that are doing the same. Speaking the things that are coming. When it comes out of your mouth, it people become responsible. As we just saw. In all the provinces... Well, let me say, no man could withstand them, for the fear of them was fallen upon all the peoples. Mm-hmm. Once again, God's people will be feared, or God in his people will be feared. And all the princes of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and they that did the king's business helped the Jews, because the fear of Mordecai was fallen upon them. Hmm. For Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame went forth throughout all the provinces. For the man Mordecai waxed greater and greater. <clears throat> and, of course, this was um, after he had received his anointing, right, as the man-child. And the Jews smote all their enemies with the stroke of the sword and with the slaughter and with destruction and did what they would unto them that hated them. Ah, so judgment. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, Jesus said, and nothing will in any wise hurt you. So what sword do the man-child and the bride use to bring down their enemies? It's the sword of the word spoken prophetically from heaven that will destroy their enemies. Luke 1 and 37, For no word from God shall be void of power. If the word of God is in your mouth, in the, in the mouth of righteous people, guess what? When they speak it, you're responsible. And if you don't humble yourself to it, you will be judged. Just as we've just seen. Spiritual warfare defeats the enemy army. This was given to Samuel Fire, uh, late September 2022, and it's awesome. And it is exactly what is going on. I had a dream. My wife, Tiana, our baby, David, and I were older. David was about three years older in this dream, and, and, was, and it was after midnight. Well, after midnight is when the demonic forces of Satan increase their activities, according to Wikipedia. 
In folklore, it says, the witching hour or devil's hour is a time of night that is associated with supernatural events, whereby witches, demons, and ghosts are thought to appear and to be at their most powerful. So, definitions vary and include the hour immediately after midnight and the time between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. <clears throat> so, they like to hide in darkness, you know, like a bunch of cockroaches. We were equipped with all these interesting tools, not weapons or guns, and we were dressed and equipped like a special forces unit. Well, we are in a spiritual army, and we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Our special tools or weapons of our warfare are our armor, like in Ephesians six ten through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why do people not stand against the wiles of the devil? Because they don't put on their armor. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against the powers and against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Who has the armor on? Well, at this time, we're going to see the bride and the man-child uh, have the armor on, and the enemy will not stand before them. Wherefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Truth is powerful against the enemy. Speak truth. And having put on the blessed breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and with all taking up the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. You know, fiery darts, the, the devil tries to fire into your mind. You say, nope, kick that out. Nope, kick that out. You'll be able to do that. And take the helmet of salvation. That You see, I don't accept this thought in my head. This is not biblical. You have to police your thoughts with the Word of God, right? And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God has everything to do with all of this armor. All of it. Go back and look at it and study it and you'll see what I'm talking about. You must have the Word of God. And with all prayer and supplication, praying at all seasons in the Spirit and watching thereunto, uh, in all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And also, another text comes to mind, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. So it's not the sword of man that we go forth with. He that takes the sword shall die by the sword. All right? But it is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, against the, the principalities and the powers, as we saw, which are the, our, our main adversaries, they are the ones that raise people up to do the things that they do. Take out the principalities and powers and rulers of this darkness, and the people are nothing. Yeah. So start with the source. But mighty before God to the casting down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God, 
So how do you get the knowledge of God? Read the Word. Casting down imaginations that are not according to the Word. If you don't do that, the devil will beat your head in. And bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being in readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience shall be made full. So you're not qualified to avenge any disobedience until you're obedient. So let's go back to Samuel here. We were given a special assignment from General Jesus. (laughs) Yep. To go and destroy an entire army. Yes, there, there is nothing you can't conquer with General Jesus, right? So this is representing Satan's enemy army. And uh, Jesus said in Luke 10 and 19, Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Wow. There were at least 100,000 soldiers and support personnel with tanks and missiles and vehicles and machine guns and all the crazy things armies have, everything that you can think of. They also had an abundance of computers and machinery and technology and uh, tents set up everywhere that they slept in or worked out of. It was a complete setup with barbed wire fences, alarms, security cameras, people patrolling with dogs, drones, and all sorts of stuff. So, not only is Satan using all of his spiritual forces to try to destroy God's people, but he also is using the militaries of the world, electronics and their computer systems and the evil men to destroy not only God's people, but as much of mankind as possible. Amen. Because we don't want these people to get saved and actually become an enemy of Satan, right? (laughs) So, he went on to say, General Jesus told us to go in and turn everything off and disable everything. Ah, Boy, that's awesome. So, we've experienced... Uh, the faction trying to turn uh, our stuff off. But the dream showed that the curses that came out of their mouths were being thrown back onto them by the angels of God. So whenever they curse us, they curse themselves. And we have seen stuff being turned off. And two, two witnesses recently that we received... Uh, they were unrepairable. Vehicles of theirs were unrepairable. Hmm. So Samuel went on to say, We were told not to have any fear, but to be calm and casual the whole time. We were, we were told not to rush or worry, or to take our, but just to take our time. Well, Joshua 10 and 8, And the Lord said, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thy hands. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. (laughs) We approached to where the army was set up and entered into the base through the south gate. We didn't try to hide from them. We just casually walked in, just like they knew what they were doing, right? And no one there could see us. No timing. uh, Timing it or anything. They didn't have to worry about time. They literally couldn't see us. 
They weren't even looking our way. It was as if we were invisible. Hmm. This, this kind of reminds us of, G, of Peter's jailbreak, right? Acts 12, 6 through 10. And when Herod was about to bring him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. They wanted to be sure this guy didn't get away. And guards before the door that kept the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the cell, and he smote Peter on the side and awoke him, saying, Rise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. <laughs> and the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And he did so. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garments about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed, and he knew not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard, <laughs> walked right by them and they didn't even see him. And they came into the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which openeth to them of its own accord. Yeah, nobody opened it, it just opened because it was commanded to by the angel, right? And they went out and passed on through one street, and straightway the angel departed from him. So Samuel said, We got to the checkpoint perimeter, and we didn't have to cut the wire fence or anything to get in. We just walked in as if we had access, right through all the barbed wire and everything. And as uh, we went in, we were turning things off pulling out plugs, entering codes so that everything was disabled. Our mission as God, God's elect is to disable all the tactics of the enemy through intercessory prayer, thanksgiving, and worship coupled with faith. Yeah, that's our mission. So Samuel said, We didn't even know the codes, but the Lord manifested through us to type in their special codes to turn things off. Mm-hmm. They thought they were well protected. And the faction believes that their demons well protect them. Yeah. So, but his power is made perfect through our weakness. Okay. Samuel said, we went in and turned everything off. Cars, drones, guns wouldn't work anymore. Even all their tools couldn't work anymore. And literally nothing could be repaired again. Not even little things. Not even their lights could turn on. Hmm. Yes, we have seen that. Everything was rendered useless. Their dogs were falling asleep, he said representing the factious dogs. We've had dreams of the faction as dogs being rounded up and put in temporary uh, prisons until they were euthanized. Uh, actually, it said lethal injection. Do you know anything about lethal injection? Hmm? Everything was turned off, and the personnel all started going into their sleeping quarters to sleep. Aha, they're not going to be a problem. 
not even uh, no one even noticed or thought about doing their duties anymore. We've had this happen. Uh, Our prayers and praise will paralyze the enemy and his minions and render them useless. In the Bible, the term fallen asleep refers to death, which we have been shown in dreams happens to the factious leadership and some of the faction themselves. Right? Yeah. We just went in and touched everything so quickly and easily, and it was so fun and simple. Yes, all we have to do is pray, bind, believe, and thank God. The victory has already been won for us. He delivered us out of the power of darkness, and He's redeemed us from the hand of those that hate us. Hmm. My little son, David, was crawling into smaller areas to turn things off, and the Lord had me turning off the mechanical stuff, and Tiana was typing in codes, and the whole time we were praying in tongues, and all the spiritual aspects were being replaced with holy angels, and the darkness was being pushed further and further back. Hmm. Angels were with them, and ahead of them, and so on. So when we pray and send the angels, the darkness and its dominion are diminished and it is defeated. Amen. Samuel said, We walked from the south end of the base to the north end, turning it all off. It was so quick and easy and only took about half an hour in real time. Everything was turned off. We walked straight through and didn't even look back. It was all done and complete. And when we exercise our faith, we don't ever look back because we consider it done, right? It is finished. Samuel said, we exited out the north side. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said in Revelation 21, 5 and 6, Behold, I make all things new. And he saith, Right, for these words are faithful and true. In verse 6, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Samuel said when the sun, S-U-N slash S-O-N, started to rise, all the dogs started barking and the people arose. The people realized nothing was working and they couldn't even put their boots on properly because their laces would not tie. You remember what the angel told Peter, right? Lace it up, boy. And it was just three of us against this whole giant army, and they all had to walk home because there was nothing they could do. They couldn't even drive because their cars wouldn't start. Well, we've had a confirmation that the Lord does do this. When the factious leader lost all of his technical abilities and couldn't even drive his truck for a year and a half or do his job because he had previously factioned out for the third time. All glory to God. 
But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in its wings. Amen. And we saw their vehicles that wouldn't run and couldn't be fixed. Mechanics could not fix them. Okay. This is what we call taming the dragon through sanctification. Amen. This was given to Eve Brass on 10-21-22. Just given to her to confirm all this and to put this together too. I dreamed that I and my oldest son Noah were in our old house on Vanderbilt Drive, which is down in Texas. I believe I am representing the corporate bride body in this dream because my name is Eve representing the bride of the last Adam. And my son Noah is representing the first fruits man child body. The name Vanderbilt indicates great wealth which will come to the first fruits man child and bride to provide for God's people during the seven year tribulation. Amen. I went into a bathroom in the narrow hallway that was totally white. Uh, this bathroom represents the narrow way of sanctification. There was an alligator that followed me into the bathroom. It had been following me for a while, but I hadn't noticed it until I entered the bathroom. Again, the bathroom is a place to get rid of waste. It is sanctification, right? So the alligator is a swamp creature <laughs> and has been trying to devour Eve as a type of the local bride here through faction and witchcraft, but has failed. She has become stronger and stronger in type also of the bride. Okay. As I sat down to use the restroom, the alligator became like a nervous dog. It began panting and nervously wagging its large tail and trying to roll over and show its underbelly in submission to me. Yeah, subjection, right? Uh, living a sanctified life coupled with prayers of faith and praise and thanksgiving to God will defeat our enemies and bring them to surrender under our feet. This is what you remember how dogs treat bigger, badder dogs, right? They lo roll over and show their belly in a sign of surrender, right? She said, uh, this is a note from her. She said, I haven't dreamed about alligators since I was pregnant with my first son, Noah, 26 years ago. At that time, I also dreamed that I was in a pure white bathroom taking a shower, and when I pulled the shower curtain back and tried to get out of the tub, there were vicious alligators all over the floor of the bathroom snapping at me and trying to devour me and my unborn son Noah. You know what this is? When you're sanctified, when you're washed by the water of the Word, that's when these enemies rise up. They have to stop you because in that shape, Europe, you have become a great enemy of the uh, evil spiritual world, right? 
So in the dream I was distraught, wondering how I would escape these alligators when I woke up. That's one way of escape, huh? Well, this is representative, she said, of Revelation 12, 1 through 6. And a great sign was seen in heaven, and a woman arrayed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars, and she was with child. And she crieth out, travailing in birth and in pain to be delivered. And there was seen another sign in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his head seven diadems, and his tail draweth a third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon standeth before the woman that is about to be delivered, that when she is delivered he may devour her child. He does not want that child. The dragon does not want that child. Okay? And she was delivered of a son, a man-child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and unto his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God, that there they may nourish her a thousand two hundred and threescore days, just as Jesus did the woman in his day. Right? He brought them out there, educated them, fed them, prepared everything for them, and raised them up in his image to do what he did. And they went forth to do what he did because they were children of their spiritual father. You have a lot of children out there that are funny looking. They don't look like the king. And that's because they're not disciples. They're learners learners and followers of the king are disciples, right? So, how awesome is that? Well, Lord, we praise and we give thanks unto you for this awesome revelation. And we thank you that this series of events that you showed us um, in our morning meeting by faith at random, uh, the words that you gave are leading us to a place of total victory over the enemy. And everything seemed to fit together. So we put her together and it looks good. Thank you, Lord God, for what you are doing in our day. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us from evil. Thank you that your people are learning to worship and praise you, brag on you, and brag on what you have done, as we've just seen today. Uh, we brag on you, Lord. We thank you that you have given us the victory over our enemies, and they are conquered. In fact, they were conquered, and we're re- discovering that and exercising faith in that so that they are conquered. So thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, let your people see that it is finished. I have overcome the world. That's what you said, Jesus. Let them realize that it is done. We've been put here as the body of Christ to come to the same place that Jesus came to. Through crucifixion, he overcame the world. And now we can see the end from the beginning because the original body of Christ showed us the way. He said, I am the way. 
So there's no other way. You can go to religion and you can sit in their churches and their cubicles uh, for years and years and years and you'll never know the way unless you go home, repent, read your Bible and find out what a church looks like. If you don't accept the fact that the Bible tells us what the church looks like and you make your own church and help build your own church, even though you may sacrifice all your money to build this edifice, it will be worth nothing. Thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. Thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for opening our eyes. In Jesus' name, God bless you and keep you, saints. Good night. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, Shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you Sacred heart in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea Though the rivers rise, I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea Though the rivers rise, I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus Jesus, oh Jesus, I trust in you, I trust in you, I trust in you.